You're listening to an Around Comics special, Grant Morrison, Talking with Gods. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, and this is a special episode of Around Comics. We are talking about the Grant Morrison documentary, Talking with Gods. Hey there, folks. Uh, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. How are you doing, sir? Good. And we are also joined by the producer and cinematographer of Grant Morrison, Talking with Gods, Mr. Jordan Renner. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> it's great. It's great to have you here. We just uh, we just watched the screening of the documentary. We are at uh, we are at Challengers Comics and Conversation. Uh, by the way, our uh, our fine friends that are hosting us for uh, for this great uh, Challengers Rogues Gallery event. Um, but uh, uh, first of all, congratulations on on the documentary and getting getting out and uh, about uh, in, in the country for for screenings like this. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you all for coming out and. Sitting and enjoying the film. I hope you did. Um, we had an awesome time making it. This is Patrick and I have discussed recently that you know it really wasn't all that difficult of a film to make. It was just a labor of love the whole time, and not too many awful. Like there weren't really many problems along the way, and I think the labor of love comes out in the finished product definitely. So sure. hope you guys all enjoyed it. Yes, we we are. I, I forgot to mention at the top. This is a question and answer session. We actually have a uh, a, a live audience. audience here. They have at, chairs at and everything. Hello, say hello, everyone. Hello. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, you know right off the top. How did this uh, film come together? Where you know what was the starting process for you guys? Are you a Grant Morrison fan? Is that how it started? Is you know where did it all come from? I personally am definitely a Grant Morrison fan. Um, I'm not the world's biggest comic book. Uh, person but i've always been a huge fan of grant morrison stuff because patrick the film's director who's been my best friend since high school or actually since kindergarten rather he kind of just turned me on to comics and the first thing that he turned me on to was after preacher i went straight to the invisibles and i just totally became obsessed with that series for a while and the the way that the movie came about was um Patrick, who is uh, also, also a writer besides being a director of films such as this one, he was so obsessed with The Invisibles and just loved it so much in it that he wrote a blog, uh, a blog for a while, kind of chronicling and critic, you know, just kind of analyzing all the stories of that make up The Invisibles. And from that, this company based in Philadelphia called Sequart Research and Literary Organization. Sure. Um, kind of reached out to him and said, hey, we see that you have all these blogs about the Invisibles. Why not compile it into a book? And there was, you know, most of the legwork had already been done. Patrick had already done all the blogs covering the Invisibles. So, you know, the next process was just to put it into a book, which is the book that is available here. And at most comic stores, it's called Our Sentence is Up. And um, from that book, part of the deal, Sequard had been in contact with Grant Morrison for some other project. I'm not exactly sure what it was. But... Um, Part of the deal, yes, there's the book in the back. It is available. Patrick Brower, retailer extraordinaire. Product placement. So Patrick wrote this blog all about Grant Morrison's series called The Invisibles, and it's just his analysis on, you know, digging deeper into it. 
And part of the deal in making that book was they had asked Grant if we could do a, you know, an audio interview with him so that we could put this interview asking questions about the Invisibles into the back of this book. And Patrick and I, we have our own video production company. That's what we do professionally. It's called Respect Films. We're based in New York City. Um, you know, we have all the equipment. So, and he kind of came up with the idea of why not pitch them the idea while we're doing this audio interview to ask these questions, why don't we film it? And then when he, he actually, he came up with the idea of, you know what, he was such a fan of Grant Morrison. Why not ask Grant, you know, put it out there, see if he's around, maybe if he's available. Why not, instead of just filming this audio interview, why don't we tell your whole life story? <laughs> so he kind of gave, um, in the email that was explaining, you know, the preliminary email before he asked the questions for his book, he just kind of put it out there. And there's an email thread that now exists titled The Greatest Email of All Time, which is Grant's, uh, or it came from Grant's wife, Kristen, saying that, yeah, you know what? If you guys want to make a documentary about Grant, sure, we're, we're cool with that. So why don't we do that? So that's so how this film came about, really. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, um, how, how you get... The, all, all of the guests on, on the, on the documentary, the, the, the interviews that you compile, um, you, you have the advantage in comics that, you know, once a year in San Diego, you can knock out just about everybody in the comic book industry. Uh, but, uh, and, and there were obviously a lot of San Diego Comic Con, uh, interviews there. What were some of the other locations that you guys were, were able to go to talk to different, different creators, different artists and, and Grant himself? Sure, sure. Um, so basically how this all came about was the film was in its idea phase when we first got that response back from Kristen, Grant's wife, saying, sure, we're, we're cool with you guys doing the whole life story thing. And that was, I think, in about February of 2009. Um, so we wanted to get the project moving right away. So a couple of emails later, we were heading out to L.A. to do the first round of interviews with Grant. As you can tell, most of the movie is interview-based. So the first interview that we did was in L.A., and that is, I can explain that by, that's the one where Grant's sitting at his couch and also at his desk in the, the white shirt. And also, um, when he's kind of, he's standing on that mountain, that's, uh, I think it's called Laurel Canyon Park. It's, it's somewhere near Mulholland Drive in LA. That's where that interview took place. So basically the process was we got about three days worth of filming with Grant. Each interview day was three to four hours worth. And then we had the initial meet to kind of figure out what the story was going to be. So that was in, um, yeah, that was March 2009, or April, I'm sorry, April 2009, we had the base of our documentary. And then next was, we knew San Diego Comic-Con was coming up, but we also filmed at some other comic conventions on the East Coast. I think mm -hmm. it was Philadelphia Comic-Con is where we interviewed Phil Jimenez. But like you were saying, some of the more interesting um, locations and spots where Probably after we realized we really had something here, after this, all this voices we got from San Diego 2009, we decided to go over to Scotland and the United Kingdom to film a bunch of collaborators over there, such as, you know, Warren Ellis, you saw. Mm -hmm. Des Skin was mentioned a whole bunch as far as how Grant got his first start. So we headed down to Des Skin, who lives in Brighton in London. So that was a really cool spot. It's a nice excuse to take a little European vacation. That's exactly what it was. All of our destinations were based around Grant Morrison's life. So nice. thanks, but, but, Grant, you know, for having such an interesting life. Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, uh, yeah, the Warren Ellis was a really cool one. Um, what are some of the other good spots? Really, the best spots were definitely Grant's house in Scotland, which is just a really beautiful place. And just, there was a, an aura there as kind of chronicled. Do you let you stay there? 
No. <laughs> well, we never asked, actually. They were just, they were, really, they were really gracious hosts. There was never a moment where, like, uh, you know, we're three hours away, maybe we could just crash here. But, um, open up your Scottish castle for us. They did offer us biscuits at one point. That was a highlight for all of us. And they were just cookies to people like you and I here in America, but there they were called biscuits, and we yes, were pretty obsessed yes, with that. But they me. had psychotropic mushrooms in them. I wish. I, maybe if we were filming this in his 30s, that mm-hmm. might have been the case. Yeah, you know, that was, it was more sedate, Grant Morrison, these days. And well, talking about the, the documentary, you, you do chronicle his life, and it, and it does talk about his, his drug and alcohol kind of decade that he had, but uh, um, it, it, it goes from his early childhood and uh, beginnings as a you know, musician and writer and, and you know, exploring kind of kind of walking the earth he, he kind of got you know cane like there didn't he as walking the earth uh, you know he had some adventures it seems like grant really likes to write from from what he knows so yeah. he wanted to know some trippy stuff obviously you were familiar with his work you're a fan of the invisibles and going in being the cinematographer of the film and shooting it uh was there ever a, a, a moment or, or a time where you started to think or had to fight the urge of of wanting to make it visually strange or trippy or weird because it's Grant Morrison and, and, and you thought maybe that people would expect that or, uh, cause I, I personally enjoy that. It, it was for the most part, you know, a straight documentary and, and you did some nice, you know, editing work and, and that kind of thing in there. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward in the camera shots and that kind of thing. And you didn't go over the top with any of the, you know, any kind of weird thing. And I would think that would be maybe an urge you had to, to kind of fight a, a little bit or at least a thought. Well, yeah, uh, Patrick and I would kind of discuss what we thought the aesthetic of the project should be. And that was kind of to kind of convey, you, you can see there's like a certain level of shakiness to the camera and it's a, the shots are, they're normal shots, but it's kind of like a little dirtier. We always try to keep like some degree of movement on for as many shots as possible because I don't know. I I thought it kind of matched up with sort of like you know his he was saying his roots were like kind of very punk rock and DIY mm-hmm. and this guy was you know he just started sure. drawing himself when he was a young kid so that was we we're trying to get him get that energy that 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 was kind of like the thought process behind how we were shooting it. Did you ever consider um, subtitles? Subtitles, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> subtitles are available. On this they are. DVD. They're on the DVD. Yes. Okay. We've talked about this before. Sal has trouble with British accents, and as soon as it starts, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's not going to understand yeah, a fucking we, word. We put out an initial, uh, you know, trailer for the movie. Uh, I think I don't know. Right after we had first filmed with Grant, maybe it was April two thousand nine or May, and the YouTube comments are just like. Give me subtitles, please. And just this debate occurred. <laughs> See, like, I'm not deal with it. You can figure it out. And others were like, no, we need them. <laughs> I think, for me personally, I've been around them too much that I think after about 20 minutes, it clicks. But I guess mm-hmm. some people, yes. Well, it was like, actually interesting watching the film by the end of it. I what there were. I, I did seem to understand him better. Right? There yeah. were, I, I was starting to get. Your well, face. the thing is, he's throwing so much at you yeah. in this 80 Very minutes quick. that. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's no way you're not going to get it all anyway. Because actually, yeah, after even seeing the movie five or six, no, more than that, ten times probably, when uh, I sat down to actually subtitle the thing, there were moments where I was like, oh, that's what he was saying. Where I had to literally (laughs) fight with what is being said here. And then when I finally wrote it out, it didn't really click to me until I literally transcribed it and it got even. Got even deeper. That's fine. That's it's like, one, it was one like of the jobs you never think of, like an ind- independent film producer. Somebody's got to do, somebody's the, do the subtitles. Yes, right? I respect films. You didn't have a staff to do that for you? No? <laughs> we kept it local. <laughs> um, what, what's the runtime on the movie? The runtime is either 79 or 80 excellent minutes, as I like to say. 
I guess 80 excellent minutes. Yeah. What? Uh, well, you were familiar with Grant's work, obviously. You're a fan of his work. And going into it, I, I assume you had knowledge about him, you know, uh, from an outsider's perspective. What surprised you about him the most? I mean, what were the, were the things that you were not prepared for? You know, were the things that just completely threw you off from, from what you were expecting? I think expecting? Just, just making the movie and being around Grant and, you know, he has such an aura. He's just realizing that he is a man who is spending, it was just mind blowing to hear that he's spending his 16 to 17 hours a day, just typing, just writing kind of locks away, locks himself away in that room. And he's just going at it the whole time. I mean, that's where the awesomeness comes from. The fact that this guy is just giving a hundred percent to writing and creating Mm -hmm. stories. That was just, you know, just seeing that, I think, was one of the big kind of awe-inspiring moments. You know, just a man who's found his master craft and putting a, putting a, a thousand percent into it. Did he convince you that magic is real? Um, I always kind of believed it was real. <laughs> so so was I was already so. kind of there. I mean, one interesting story um, is Patrick and I were talking about in May, or what, what was it? Uh, I think it was in November of 2008. And just where our business was and kind of what we needed to do to kind of get things off the ground um, for our own business was we needed a camera and all the lighting equipment to kind of do stuff like this and other projects, even unrelated to this project. And we both kind of mentioned a date, which was we need to have our HVX 200, which is the camera that we shot this on, uh, by January of 2000 and was that 2010? Or no, 2009, I'm sorry. Um, Let's make this happen. So we both kind of thought of it and didn't, I will not explain whether a sigil was made or anything like that. But just for, we basically said, you know, like that's where we kind of want to be and discussed it. And in the next, in the next like three weeks, just this dream project appeared that kind of gave us the budget to buy our own camera and buy our own equipment, start our own company. And I feel like, uh, at least up to this point, one of the main reasons that this company was formed and why we were able to do this was to make this movie. You know, this movie, it's pretty cool. It gets to transcend. Just geography and people mm-hmm. over in England and Australia are all, you know, want to see it. Sure. And it's like, you know, the movie had to be made. And I kind of feel like, to me, that was the initial magical experience of just where we even got our equipment, I feel like, is somewhat related to this project. So I was always kind of a believer. <laughs> That's actually, I love Grant's comics, but I also liked, I was obsessed with like pop magic back in the day, you know, his, his guide to and... kind of, it's like Grant Morrison presents the secret, basically. But I was kind of, I was, yeah. I'm totally into that, just my own lifestyle and beliefs. Yeah. So I never and, really and, needed and, to be... And in, in the documentary, you, you learn how to make a sigil, if you want, if you're interested yes. in such things. That's right. He's yeah. free with that information. Very free sure. with the information. Yes. Um, uh, one of the things I'm always interested uh, about in the, in, the, in the filmmaking process, especially documentaries, is what gets left behind. Because um, there's so much footage that you guys have to shoot for this. There's so much stuff that, that you have to compile and edit down. Uh, what were some of the things that, that you had to leave out of the movie that you wish that you, that you could have kept in? We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. 
The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Um, that's a good question. Um, also, there's we, we've probably, I think the end count is 48 people were interviewed for this thing. And there's a lot of voices you can see when you're watching it. But a lot of people got just in the end. It's not that they didn't. There was a lot of great moments that just kind of had to go away. And, just ev- so that the story and everyone has an opinion on Grant Morrison. So right, you know, right, everyone, right. everyone's going to have something to say, I'm sure. One thing that I don't think we don't mind isn't being shown was somebody at like San Diego Comic-Con. When we first started filming this, we just kind of put out an open invitation to anyone. If you have a Grant Morrison story, you know, maybe this will make a documentary. And somebody... Somebody said they had the most amazing Grant Morrison story and it ended up being like, he promised the best thing ever. And when the guy finally came, he was like, okay, you guys recording? Check this out. He was talking to me and I couldn't understand what he was saying. It was crazy or something like that. That was the meat of his story. <laughs> We're like, okay. So we've seen a lot of awful things that obviously should be cut. But as far as what, um, I don't know. What, what did we kind of leave behind? At one point, I asked this wacky question to Frank Whiteley and Grant Morrison that was just, I don't even know where I was going at. I was just trying to explain. I saw that they were both, um, well, you know, they had worked so closely together. Uh, You know, they had this bond. Obviously, we all see it on the pages that they're kind of like the super team. And I just asked like a question to if you guys were like a couple, who would be the guy and who would be the girl? <laughs> and their response was, as it probably should be, was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I think for me personally, that was a funny moment. I don't even know why I asked the question, but that didn't make it in there. Just, it is really, and you see why, because it's irrelevant to the story. Was there anyone um, you talked to that you ended up not being able to use? Or was there anyone that you didn't get to talk to that you really wanted to? Um... Yeah, there was a lot of, we almost sat down with Grant Morrison's um, mom, which uh, Gordon, uh, Gordy Gowdy, who, uh, you know, he's the childhood friend, the mm-hmm. guy whose guitar is found. He had given us the contact information for that, but it just kind of logistically didn't match mm-hmm. up. And in the way, I kind of think that it, it, it may have worked out better that way, because this way it gets to be more Grant's, you know, Grant's kind of take on himself, which I think is how we want to kind of present it. And I, maybe that would have been cool. It would have been cool to get get a couple more baby pictures and stuff, but um, that one didn't work out. And who else? Oh, Gerard Way. We really wanted to oh, sure. interview because, you know, obviously right now he's like at the top of the world with My Chemical Romance. And he's, for those who don't know, Gerard Way is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, the band that's quite popular right now. I really this, like this, this crowd is going to be much more familiar with the Umbrella Academy, I think. <laughs> oh, or yeah, or the writer of Umbrella Academy and he's just a really good friend of Grant Morrison and just timing-wise, we literally had him in San Diego like just he, he was like, "Yes, tomorrow we'll do it. Just get in touch with my dude, but he got too busy and it just didn't happen and right now it totally hurts that there's <laughs> Did you ever run across you know, <laughs> Did you ever run across anybody? I mean, obviously in the film it's, you know, a lot of his friends and, and, and childhood friends and people he's worked with, that kind of thing. But did you run across anyone that was just like, fuck Grant Morrison, you know, or, you know, just really negative? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, we, yeah, we had reached out to some people that I think that we had gotten contacts through the, um, through his band and people that knew him from the past. And somebody was saying that, you know, they just had, like, I don't think, 
we asked them if they were available for the interview and they said, you know what, I'd rather just keep my mouth shut and I don't have anything positive to say, which we really wanted to interview, but the guy kind of backed down. We were ready with the camera firing. It's digital video. We can film whatever, you know. It's not going to cost us anything. Yeah. Now use them film. You want want to open it up up to to the audience here? Um, Wendy, Dale? Oh, I should have probably included that in the last response, which was we would love to have interviewed but uh, Kristen. However, we did not because she desired to remain mysterious. Those are her <laughs> words. So the mystery continues. So, yeah. so we, yes, she she just didn't want to interview. She wanted to remain mysterious. All right. All right, next. You, can, can you blame her? Now the mystery lives on. Mr. Suntress, a familiar voice uh-huh. from the back of the room. Well, building on the idea, too, that there would be people that didn't have a favorable impression of Grant, I can think of a couple of comic professionals that were probably there at San Diego. Um, you know, uh, people like, and he even makes an allusion to it, I think, when he says one of his best friends was very public and saying some things about him. I'm assuming that was Mark Miller. I don't know yeah, if you guys attempted it. to try to speak to Mark Miller. We about did, that. and logistically, that one didn't work out. So Okay. And also, what about, uh, because he had a bad breakup with Marvel as well. And I know you guys kind of talk about you know new X-Men and stuff, but Casada was, uh, uh, was Casada ever approached? That I'm not sure. I Because I, Patrick and Amber are mainly in charge of um, reaching out to some of that stuff. I don't think... I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't think there was any, there wasn't any bad blood or anything. That one just didn't work out. And were there were, were there any areas where, like Grant and Kristen said, you can't. You know, we'd rather you not cover X or Y no, or anything. For like the that. basically, that's what was. I think is why the movie is so. I'm a fan of it. Why it works so well is because Grant really kind of was very genuine and kind of said that there's not really. I don't really have anything to hide. He wanted to share his story, as he says in that last comment. There wasn't, there was no people like you were not interviewing this person or this or that. No, it was all out there, but we missed your hard way. We missed some people. <laughs> what are you going to do? Anyone else? Questions? Come on, don't be shy. Oh, it's Grant Morrison. You guys, someone's like got to, somebody's got to have a question. <laughs> Nothing. Oh. There we go. You, you interviewed the Senatoro director a lot. Do you know anything about that project? Or it's it's an independent uh, film. I only know that it seems to be the most awesome thing ever. And yeah. I want to be involved in it somehow. That's my. That's all I can say. I don't honestly. With these uh, interviews that keep coming out, I I'm learning more and more information from it. But um, what did what insights we know from that? I don't know. I'm just looking forward to that thing. Ten thousand percent. I don't have a really uh, new insight on that. I'm not familiar with that project. What is? What is? Do you know anything about that? That is, uh, Grant has written a script that it's hard to even explain. It's it's kind of like his take on the American myth and kind of like the road movie. But it seems like if David Lynch were doing like Route sixty six mixed with all kinds of wackiness, him and um, you can see in the movie so it's the a, director. It's an independent film. It's an independent that film that uh, they're that making wrote. with some um, some studio in um, L.A. called Zidonk. And uh, I want to say, I think, no one quote me on this, but it's like a five or six million dollar budget project. 
though it's still indie, but they're trying to do like really big things and Grant's trying to attack cinema, you know, kind of with no rules. Mm-hmm. They kind of have complete 100% control for some indie movie that's going to come out in 2012, most likely. Did uh, Sequart, 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 did they have, uh, after you had the film shot, did they have, I mean, did they have any hands-on approach to, to the film? Did they? Um, they sent us a lot of notes that we were free to either go with or not, but Sequart is two guys who really know their comics and they know their stuff, so we actually, I mean, we are, we're friends with them as well. So, um their notes were really extremely helpful. Yeah, they're and, very in depth. And also, they're a huge part. Yeah, a huge part of the help was that they were able to connect us with all these people. Okay. So a lot of the people interviewed, we were using their contacts. And uh, though, and our next project, this Warren Ellis documentary, um, is largely because of um, Sackworth doing a whole push on Warren Ellis books, including an anthology on planetary Warren Ellis's career in general, a transmetropolitan book. So. They opened up that door. Okay. Kind of partnering together. You're working on that now? With, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the next project. As you can see, we shot Warren Ellis in the world's darkest room. <laughs> we try to create. Um, but yeah, we're going to, in 2000 and this year, upcoming is 2011. Hopefully by the end of 2011, we'll have a, a documentary about Warren Ellis. We'll definitely have it. The question is, will it be 2011 or early 2012? And that one's exciting because right now we're in the ideas phase for we've shot one really long interview with him. And there are a lot of zingers. That's a direct quote from the editing room. Uh, Me and Patrick were discussing what we have so far. And right now we're in the stage, you know, with documentary. It's all about trying to figure out what the story is. So we're piecing that together. I think it's going to be a very different movie than this, but it's going to be equally insane. Hopefully. You guys are cornering the market on comic book <laughs> creator documentaries, it sounds If like. you wrote a comic book, we're going to knock on your door with our camera. <laughs> so watch out. Another question here? Any word about the We 3 project? Like, is that still being made a new movie? Um, I, I think that's part of the reason that Grant is making Sinatoro. Is that how you pronounce it? I always forget. It's either Sinatra or Sinatoro, because it is kind of based on Sinatra. I thought it was like a Sinatra. I'm like, Grant Morrison's doing a Sinatra It's a play on Frank Sinatra's name, because that has inspired some of the characters. So I forget how you pronounce it. But um, we three, supposedly, according to some of our friends who are in like the LA script game, supposedly one of the best unproduced scripts in Hollywood. I know at one point the director of Kung Fu Panda had signed on to be involved. But... uh, um, I think it's still trapped in development hell, I want to say, which is sad because mm. that would be such an awesome movie. Yeah, familiar story. Uh, you know, on, on a personal note, you, you talked about doing a Warren Ellis documentary and, and, and whatever else you guys are going to be doing after that. Uh, you know, we talked uh, at the beginning, you know, are you a comic book fan? Uh, do you find yourself, it's like now that you have to, you know, digest, uh, you know, a, a metric ton of Warren Ellis comics? Do you, do you kind of approach that? It's like, you know, focus on a creator and just kind of ingest those comics now um yeah that's how i'm doing it yeah i just bought warren else's book today to do just that <laughs> but uh yeah i mean why not right and it's kind of like this is like kind of like a dream project anyways to get to document these people who are so so mm-hmm. interesting so that is kind of that's been my workflow is you know start reading up on all the things there because mm-hmm. you don't know where the idea is going to come from for how to attack it especially with the warren ellis thing right now because it's all about trying to find the approach and you know the treatment on how we're going to turn that into a story. 
Sure. Uh, now the uh, the documentary, uh, as we you know, uh, probably wrap up here in the next few minutes. Uh, documentary is uh, available for purchase uh, for people out there. Where? Right. If you go to our distributor, the lovely Halo Eight. I think it's Halo Eight dot com. You can get linked to buying the movie directly from them. Halo Eight. Uh, I forget. Is it Halo Eight dot TV? You guys know how to use the internet. It's www.halo8.tv. And you can buy this DVD directly from them, or you can even download the movie digital copy, and you will have it instantly. Or you can buy this one last copy from me. I will autograph it. <laughs> <laughs> now, as, uh, as people uh, uh, hit the, the, convention, the convention circuit uh, firing up here in, uh, in 2011, do you guys have any more plans to uh, do screenings at, at uh, you know, comic conventions around the country? Is that something that you guys have planned? Um, right now, yeah, there's a, a bunch of dates. There's something in England that we're lining up. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to actually go there in person, but we're definitely sending the movie. But we're getting a, it's this is a really cool part because now the movie's out there and anybody if you want to screen this just send us an email and we will get back to you definitely on how to make it happen because we just want this movie to be seen by as many people as possible and, and people to the, enjoy it. The film itself has a website. It's I believe it's Grant Morrison. Yep, GrantMorrisonMovie dot com. Right. And the production company that created this had a, has a website RespectFilms.com. So we are available to do. Any project that you can dream up as well. <laughs> I might have an idea for you. <laughs> I like it. All right. Any more questions, Sal? I think that's it. Anyone else from the audience? All right. I, uh, I want to thank everyone on behalf of uh, Dow and Patrick here at Challengers Comics and Conversation for coming out to uh, the Rogues Gallery screening of Grant Morrison uh, Talking with Gods. I want to thank uh, Mr. Jordan Renner for, uh, for coming all the way in from New York City uh, for, uh, yeah, from <laughs> to present this. Uh, so uh, thank you very much, everyone. Yeah. Thank you all, too. That was the question and answer session. Q&A, as it were. Yes, the Q&A, which, which was very pleasant. Uh, Jordan, very... very likeable nice, young very, man. Yeah, very nice, likeable young man. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely, uh, folks, uh, if, you, uh, if you have the opportunity to, uh, to see a screening of that in your area, I think you should, should take it in. And for, uh, for Uber Grant Morrison fans, I think it, it would, it, it's good internet buy to pick that up. I, I enjoyed it. I bought the film. Yeah. I, I thought it was I, – I did mm-hmm. like it. I'm not a, a – I mean, you know me. I'm not a huge Grant you Morrison run, fan. So, you run really hot and cold with yeah. him. I, there's things of Grant Morrison's I – absolutely love mm-hmm. uh, all-star batman or, or all-star superman mm-hmm. and uh his x-men run i really enjoyed and animal we man three. doom patrol yeah. we, we three, three yeah. sure uh but then there's stuff of his that i think is absolute crap um and i uh, you know i appreciate the people that say well i'd rather see a spectacular failure than yeah that was that was a good that's a good you know fraction fra- line fra- out, out yeah, of the, out but of the documentary i don't want to pay for it you know so well, I mean, there there is stuff. It's um, but but for, f- for, for me anyway with comics is you know I enjoy to be challenged, but there are there are times when you know I don't want to be challenged so much. And, and yeah, I think, it's just I mean, it's to me I don't know I, I don't have a problem with being challenged with a story and having to think about something, but I think when it gets in in the way of the narrative, when it gets in the way. Uh, of of my actual enjoyment of a story. I mean, I you know, if I want to think about things, I'm going to read other 
you know, <laughs> other, other stuff. stuff. I don't yeah. read comics to have to try and decipher the world. Or I, or I shouldn't say that. I don't mind if, if a comic book enlightens me to something that I haven't thought of before. That's great. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. I don't want to have to decipher something to try and determine if there is anything there enlightening. That's a great way to put it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Morrison certainly can be you know, guilty of, of doing that. And you know, kind of back to the documentary, I think that um, I think it it does kind of enlighten us as to yeah, why absolutely. why well because he that does was that the, was yeah. I had you know and I I have for years I've had these weird this question about like how is it possible that a writer like him I, there's things I I love and then there's things that I absolutely hate how is that possible that the same guy is putting out the same stuff and then you know after watching the film one thing the one thing that became very clear to me is that he's sort of and I don't mean this in a in a bad way. But he's sort of like the ultimate narcissist as a writer. Mm-hmm. He he, it it seems that he cannot write anything that he doesn't experience. That he writes everything from his own personal experience. And so if if that experience is not something I'm interested in, or that experience is something that is incomplete and is too difficult for him to try and convey to me. Or that experience is just... If that experience begins from a seed of being incomprehensible, yeah. then then the the, the the end result is... Is, is going to be, be incomprehensible. Yeah. I mean, maybe it makes sense to him because he had the experience, but I, I in the translation, it's lost in the translation. I can't experience it as much as he tries to put that on paper, as much as the artist tries to you know convey that in the pictures... I'm never going to be able to experience that same thing he does. So sometimes I think it just doesn't work. And that really helped me understand him. And and quite honestly, once I kind of got that, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I would go back and actually read some of his stuff that I haven't enjoyed and and look at it from a different light. Yeah, from that perspective. From from a different perspective. Because Because he really is just sort of, I think he's, he's, he's rather unique in that sense. I don't know that a lot of writers work from that sense of, purely um you know purely visceral from their own experience i mean obviously writers all write from their own experience but i think most writers fiction writers are writing uh, more em- empathetic you know what yeah. i mean it's like well you, i mean what, 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 we, what we find out in the documentary is that he has a, a fairly sheltered childhood mm-hmm. um ends up going to a boarding school becomes kind of an uber shut-in geek, geek writing comics and drawing comics and, and then he starts a band yeah. and is very passionate about that 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 ends up not working he throws himself into comics and, and and kind of becomes kind of a shut-in again as he, right. he wraps himself in this world of comics. And then he has a big hit with Arkham Asylum, and all of a sudden, kind of overnight, he's... He's rich and famous, and everybody loves him, and he goes I'm out... I'm going to go travel the world and, and experience all these things yeah. I've never been able to. And then and he for, freaks out. You know, yeah. He has, not a freak out, but you know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden, oh, he's doing drugs, and he's... Getting going, abducted yeah, by aliens. Yeah, and, 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 and you see it in his work, and it's like, oh, well, that's sort of... I mean, that's sort of really sure. interesting, and, 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 and it is... Um, I mean, it, it's from a writer. Say, well, it's an old saying that that you write what you know. Yeah, and and now we see it's like, well, he was writing from experience of probably for the first time in his life, um, not just writing about things that he wanted to do. He was writing about he was writing about weird shit that he was doing. He was talking yeah. about going to fetish clubs. And, and I think, like I said, for me, it's it's a thing of like, oh, okay. Well, on one hand, I appreciate that, but on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know if I think that makes him a 
great writer because of that. I think that he, you know, has made some great stories that he's experienced some interesting things, been able to translate that. But to me, a fiction writer, which is basically what he is, he's mm-hmm. a fiction writer, um, doesn't necessarily have to experience everything to, to write about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, some do, I guess, you know, Hemingway, a lot of what mm-hmm. he wrote about was, was what he experienced. But, you know, I think there are, there are a lot of writers that, not everyone is going to, if you're going to write about something, you don't have to go through that, you know, actual, actual experience to write about it. You know, that's not necessary for everyone, I think. So in some ways, it's almost like he's, he's sort of as imaginative as he is, he's sort of stunted. You know what I mean? In a weird way. Yeah, in a very, and, and you would never, um, before watching this, think that, that he, that his imagination is, is you know in a word stunted, but I think he's constantly looking for stimulation for yeah. his imagination, mm-hmm. and he and he draws on that from the outside world. Now he has this amazing, fairly unique filter in how right. to take that oh, stimulation and, the, and then redirect it into his writing. But yeah, I, I think that's a very interesting way to, to kind of look at it. And, and I thought, well, you know, for me personally, one of the things that they talked about in the film is like in the last few years, he's really backed away from that and and his writing has really come from purely his imagination he locks himself in a room he's mm-hmm. not out looking for the outside stimuli he's purely you know pulling this from his imagination and for me yeah it shows yeah go back on the road yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah, I, I, yeah, no offense yeah. well, to Graham yeah. Morrison well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, he, had, he, had, he had the 10 years of exploring right. and now he's drawing from all of that experience it's like this is the next well no the next the, the, chapter the, the, in his the, the, I mean to me it was like now he's just sort of like he's not experiencing any outside stimuli he's he's trying to do it in all a more for, conventional way of just ah, like sitting okay. there and and imagining these stories, and you see Final Crisis, and you see well, I like Final you know, Crisis. Well, you know, I don't think it's terrific storytelling. I don't think it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I and his Batman stuff. I think has been Batman. Fairly, God, man, Batman is. So, I mean, this is just my personal. Yeah, well, and, and taste, I know, but, but you know see, Bat- I mean? Batman. You put Batman in in a <clears> vacuum, and I think it is. It's. It's a perfect example of Grant Morrison's work because there are chapters of Batman that I think are just absolutely amazing, fantastic superhero storytelling. And then it goes wildly off the rails. Yeah. And then it comes back. And and it, that is that, that teeter-totter of, I love Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's driving me fucking crazy. Right, exactly. It's, and that, yeah. that's been his oh, Batman run. And, I, you know, I will say, you know, it's like the guy, the guy does not, he he does not take a conservative. He takes chances, and I'll give him all the credit in the world. He takes chances, and and one other thing I thought talking with um, Jordan about it afterwards, mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought really came through in the film is that it, whether you think he's insane, whether you think he's a drug addict, whether you think you know the whole magic thing and the way he comes up with stories, whether you you see his you know perspective and agree with it, or you completely think he's full of shit. The one thing that I think comes through is that he's a genuine guy. He's like, consistent. Yeah, he's you know what he's <laughs> consistent. He's a he, he's very genuine. Mm-hmm. He you know he believes what he says. He's not he's not you know, there's not a pretense to him really there in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether or not you agree with it or whether or not you think he's crazy. Yeah, or uh, whether or not you like his work. Yeah, there, there are people like that work, love yeah, it and hate yeah. it. You know we're looking at oh God, it's 
you know, he's been doing this for 20 years now. No, sure. You know, no, he's... Long, oh, Jesus, 30 years. Almost. Is it almost 30 1980, years? 1980. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah back, back, in, back in, in the 70... 80s. Well, back well, yeah. the UK stuff. Oh, sure. In the 70s, right? Yeah. 2008. Yeah. I'm getting old. I get, get my, my, yeah. I'm losing decades. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it's, yeah, so, gosh, about, about 30 years 30 now. Years, so, probably. which is, you know, it's, it's still, even for me, he feels like one of the, one of the new guys. Really? You know, in some ways, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, because, you know, that's sort of interesting. Yeah. His, um, you know, even whenever I go and read his his Vertigo stuff, like Animal Man or Invisibles, right. that that stuff, it still has a freshness to it because the idea is sure. he's a very unique unique voice, whether you like it or not, and his his ideas are. I mean, he's 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 working in a playground that very few other you know writers yeah. are are either able to or willing or, to. or willing Probably to step willing into to. and uh yeah it still feels fresh and i think that um we have now a whole generation of writers that are coming up behind him that that are trying to emulate that in in some in some small way mm-hmm. and so yeah he's he still feels like a pretty fresh voice to me. He's uh, gonna be fifty, I think. Wow, he is fifty. Or he's gonna. He is fifty, almost yeah. fifty. Still looks 50. good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He, he, there is some. There is bald, something about bald like, is sexy, right? Like the right, whole. So? Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you're if you're Scottish and you know. ah, damn. <laughs> um, th- there is something about him that like the, it is interesting to see sort of like his persona. You know, there's a definite Grant Morrison persona, and it and and. Uh, I don't know yet. Like even watching this film, mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the film you don't see it that much, but there is still hints of it. Like, you know, the whole magic thing and the whole you know sort of rock star thing. It's like he may he may not sit there and mm-hmm. and work hard at it, but he doesn't mind that that's out there either. I, I, you call, know I, I, mean? ca- I call it bruised cockiness. Bruce cockiness. It, yeah, that, that's probably a good example. Yeah, you know, it, he's he's he was you know a shut-in geek that the guy and he perpetuated the the image, but in a lot of ways he is comic books rock star. Yeah, he, he certainly is. I mean, I don't you know whatever that means, tallest midget or shortest yeah tallest yeah, midget. Yeah, but but uh, he he's an interesting guy. There's no question, mm-hmm. and and I would you know. As much as he'll drive me absolutely, and you know me, you you know over the years you've heard me bitch and complain about Grant Morrison and oh, call him a hack and yeah. call him you know uh, Alan. Moore, I'm not like, reading yeah, this yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've you've heard me talk about. Uh, but I've also but I've I've also heard you praise him yeah. more than more than most writers. And, and he is a super interesting guy that I would love to have a conversation with. Someday oh, sure. I'd love to talk sure. to him just because he is kind of crazy and, and interesting and thinks outside of the box. So you got to give him, like I said, you got to give him credit for at least trying big things. There's, you know, and, and they don't always work and, and, and sometimes they're spectacular failures. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm as ready as Matt Fraction to give him credit for a spectacular failure, but, but, uh, but Hey, at least he's swinging for the fences. You can't, Claim him for that. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I, I was, uh, you, know. you know, I was, I was talking to uh, to the buddies on eleven o'clock, and uh, really excited this past week to get the uh, the absolute all star. See, Superman. if I was, if I was a mm-hmm. if I was a smaller man, I would just sit there and talk bad about them like they talk about me <laughs> and around comics every time it's mentioned on their show. How 
how awfully they talk about me in that. In, in but you would never do that. But you're I the, won't you're, do that. You're no, the bigger no, man. I'm a bigger man. You're, you're yes. the bigger man. Uh, All star. All Star Superman is is probably my favorite my favorite comic of the last decade. Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing. Right. That, it's that, absolutely that amazing. And uh, New Frontier. I mean, it's it's those two pieces of work are I I, I think the finest examples of of superhero comics. The yeah, last it's 10 years. it's uh, All Star Superman is, and that's that's the frustrating thing to me because I sit there and read that and go. Why can't oh, why damn, can't you so just good. why can't you just make everything like that? Yeah. Why can't you just do that? You know, and but then like and like I said, he'll do something you know like the filth, or yeah. he'll do it for me like Final Crisis, which I just think is to me Final Crisis was a disaster. It was a disaster, and maybe I need to maybe I need I, to go, I, go back, go and, back read and read it, it again. again. Go back and read I, it. Again. I read it when it was coming out. I I did not enjoy it. I just I thought it was a, a complete disaster of a work. Um, but you know, like I said, maybe, maybe I need to read it again or something, but, but it is just frustrating to just go, God, how is this the same guy? How is the same guy that, you know, that writes Animal Man and then, you know, the filth? Well, and, you know, I think, and I think, you know, in the documentary, we see a lot of this that, you know, what is going on in, in his, his life, life right then. It really yeah. impacts it's They talk about, you know, and the, I, I honestly, the, well, the, the filth. He was going through a fucking dark it, time in his life. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a great strength to him, but I think it's also his biggest weakness as a writer. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a tremendous strength to him because when it works, it's spectacular. But I think it's also a big weakness. To, I think that is that is really why he, to me, has so many ups and downs. He has such highs and such lows, and not he, a whole lot in between. Because he connects, he connects his his writing maybe to 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 his personal experience. And so when it works, yeah. it works great. But when yeah. it doesn't, it, it he it's doesn't. Kinda, it's kind of a rock star. Well, he doesn't have any yeah. way yeah. to compensate. When it's not, when it doesn't work, he doesn't have the the the, the ability. He doesn't have a other, res, he doesn't have a restrictor plate. Well, it's there. not a restrict. Yeah. It, it's like okay, you know, you know, a fiction writer sitting there and and writing what they know, what, what, trying to come up with stories and, and has inspiration and it works. But then all of a sudden, there's a point where it's like, I just have to figure this out and make it work and and actually do the work and, and write and write and write until it works and figure out the best way for this to work. I can't just wait for inspiration to strike me or to have a fever dream or to have, you know what I mean? And with him, I think it's like, you know, all or nothing. It's yeah, either like, I either li- experience li- this and lives and, it, and dies by the yeah, fountainhead. Yeah, yeah. kind of. And, and, and I think for me, at least, I think that's why I have such a uh, teeter-totter love, sort love, of hate, yeah, love, hate with him. So. Yeah, but, well, it's, but it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting to, to sort of garner that from the film and, 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 and come to that realization. So. Bravo to the filmmakers! Yeah, yeah, they did a nice job with it. So thanks again to uh, to Jordan and uh, and all the folks that that came out here to see it. So, all right, man, cool. Another another episode. Look at that. Two and a. I two know a, it's like two weeks in a row. Yeah, that don't get used to that. I, I know. I, I, I will not get used to that. But Tom's going to make fun of us. Well, Tom can kiss my ass. <laughs> he does like three shows a week. Yeah, I'll just say uh, have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll uh, we'll be back after your Turkey Day sometime in December. Yes. All right. Bye bye. Complex and couched in its equation.
views expressed by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2010. Away.